0: It takes to make a shot at that range.
1: Everything comes into play that far. Humidity, elevation, temperature, wind, spin drift. This is 6 to 10 second flight time, so you have to shoot it where the target's going to be. Even the Coriolis effect, the spin of the
0: earth, comes into play.
1: Be advised I'm mean, nasty, and tired. I eat Constantino wire and piss napalm, and I can put a round to a fleas ass at 200 meters. 870 yards and closing. Wind, 3 quarter value, push to left. How can you shoot women, children? Easy. Just, just don't lead them so much. It's my this is my This is and
0: this
1: Hey everybody, Tyler here for the Sub-MOA Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us for today's episode enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Tyler. It is Friday, September 25th. This is a special edition episode. I've got a good friend of mine, Branch Warren, with me right now. Well, actually we're in different states, but Branch, what's up, man? Man, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. So just so everybody out there knows, right, we wanted to get this episode out. We've been trying to do it for a few weeks and trying to get Branch on a few other podcasts as well. The main purpose is to talk about a nonprofit that he's working with and, you know, what it means to him and what they're trying to do. So if we got other listeners out there that have podcasts, like we try to get him out there, get help spread the word. Um, it's a veteran nonprofit, which we'll get into. And, uh, you know, kind of just moving along. First, I want to make sure I get to properly let everybody know kind of who you are right and i got your bio pulled up here branch and uh first i'm gonna start with it's got your height listed at five six i feel like that's a fucking lie i know <laughs> <laughs> no nah, I'm, I'm actually
0: about five seven i grew <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> i don't
1: know <laughs> no nah, five six is correct so, just kind of looking here you know to give an idea of uh, of your background and 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 who you are like you are a professional bodybuilder, and you know a lot of our our listeners are precision rifle shooters or law enforcement military, and whether or not they have an interest in you know bodybuilding or anything like that, um, no matter what you choose to do in terms of a sport or professional athlete you know like there's a certain amount of dedication and sometimes it's just putting in your fucking time to rise to the top. Right. You know, it's very rare for, you know, somebody just to jump into a professional level or professional career and just right off the bat, you know, be like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Everybody's got to pay their dues and, and work their way up, you know, whether it's experience based or or whatnot. But 1992, you were the, um, I forget what AAU stands for. I used to wrestle in that league. but Yes,
0: Amateur Athletic Union.
1: Yeah, Teenage Mr. America. Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. And then uh, right after that, you went to uh, the Teenage Nationals and then the MPC Nationals uh, about 10 years later. So, 93 Teenage Nationals and then 2001, you, uh, you're MPC Nationals. Now, not to get too deep into it, but there's a certain amount of work or performances that you got to do to get a professional level card, right?
0: Yeah. So, um, I started young in high school. I started lifting weights, so uh, you know, football I'm from Texas and, um, and I grew up in a little town in Northwest Texas and, um, you know, only thing to do there was, you know, play football, hunt, and drink beer. And, uh, we barely had enough guys to have a football team. So everybody tried out and everybody played and, um, I moved to uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area when I was in high school and uh, moved to a school that had like, I don't know, 500 people, over 500 people in my graduating class. And, uh, you know, this is back when they didn't give out participation trophies. You actually had to try out and make the team. If you didn't make the team, you got cut. So um, I, I met a kid in my neighborhood and uh, he had a membership at this local gym. And I'm like, you know, I knew I needed to work out, probably get a little stronger, a little bigger if I was going to have a shot at making the team. And um, so I used to slip in the back door and uh, work out and so i didn't man we had no money and i couldn't afford a membership so um uh, i used to just slip in the back door work out and leave out the back door and um met some guys and met a bodybuilder there and a uh, biggest guy i'd ever seen and um uh, he kind of took me under his wings, started showing me how to lift weights how to eat you know not like a teenager but try to eat somewhat decent and yeah. um uh, not live off sodas and hamburgers and pizza so um Ended up going to a show, checking it out, and um, I thought, you know, this will be something good I can do in the off season when I'm not playing ball to help me get stronger and improve my athletic performance on the field. And um, I actually went to a couple of shows and won. And fast forward a few years, I went and won the Teenage National Championships, and then I was 18, so uh, getting ready to go off to, go off to school. And um, I said, you know what, this is something I'm going to do long term. And uh, I planned out my entire, entire career when I was 18, and um, I had a goal had a long-term goal, short-term goals, and intermediate goals. And um, I had a plan to get there, and I stuck with it. In 2001, I won the national championships. And um, it's a process you have to go through in the open class. You win a, a local show, then a state champion, then you go to a regional show and win, and then you go to the national championships. If you win there, then you turn pro. And um, <clears throat> there's only about ah, – back then, about six guys a year that could turn pro. So um, you earned it. and
1: wow. um, Yeah. Fuck yeah, you earned it. And then – and then it starts the real shit. I mean, not that that stuff's not challenging and real, but I mean, then it's on to Mr. Like, Olympia and, you know. Yeah, Arnold. then you do, you
0: do it all over again. But, you know, you just went from the best amateur in the, in the country. Now you turn pro. Now you're way back at the bottom again. you got to work your way back up to the top. And, uh, yeah. you know, the Arnold Classic is the second largest show in the world. And then, of course, the Mr. Olympia is the Super Bowl. And uh, same thing. you got to qualify and work your way up and uh, get to the top and, it's, uh, you know, the Olympia only has, you know, there's maybe 15 or 20 guys a year that, in the whole world that qualify for it. So pretty uh, pretty elite deal. But uh, regardless of what sport you're, whether you're a professional shooter, football player, basketball player, whatever it is, it's that mindset's the same. You've got to have that ch- champion mindset. And just, you know, we were just talking before we got on air, you've won half a dozen or so competitions this year. But I guarantee you live and breathe it every day, don't you? You probably practice, shoot. Every day, you know, when I was training, the first thing I thought about in the morning was winning. Um, When I was training, what I think about, I thought about winning, being a champion. Before I went to bed at night, the last thing I thought about before I fell asleep was winning. And I dream about it when I was um, sleeping at night. And um, I remember I used to uh, be taking a shower if I trained and if I was preparing for whatever competition, I would practice my victory speech in the shower. Because yeah. in my mind, I believed so strongly I was going to win. Because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. And if you don't believe you can do it, how are you going to do it? So I used to practice my victory speech when I was taking a shower every day after I trained. And, um, and you know, it, it doesn't come overnight. You know, nothing does. If you're going to be a champion of anything, it takes a lot of years and a lot of hard work and a lot of sweat, blood and tears. And uh, you're going to have setbacks along the way. But if you believe in yourself and you put in the work, you can do anything.
1: Oh, I 100% agree, man. And you know, I I don't know a lot about the bodybuilding stuff. I've got to hang around you and some of the other guys and and go to the, a few of the shows. And some of the things that I picked up on is in what I wanted to share with everybody is is how you can look at these different athletic sports, right? That you can compare the requirements or or how to break down you know, how does this relate to precision rifle right now? And I can already, already like feel the wheels turning in my head, you know, like it's not just that, you know, you wake up, you eat, right. You go to the gym, you fucking lift weights and you get big. Like there's so much more to it in terms of, you know, I'm not sure how many listeners know this, but there's also a lot in your routine. Like you're on that stage and you have a routine that you're following, whether it's, you know, um, how you're flexing or showing off different parts of muscle or or body mass and things like that. You know, so there's technique involved in that. And, you know, it's very similar to, you know, I would compare it to like precision rifle shooting. You're not just dropping down in position and throwing a rifle on some type of barricade and, and shooting, right. There's, there's a finesse to it. There's a technique to, get the best shot right or to flex that certain muscle so there's a lot of relatable stuff here and you know as much time as you spend in the gym over your career how much time did you practice your actual um your uh what 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 the fuck did i just call it routine routine right like how much time goes into that because i follow you know uh, a couple other guys like uh labrata you know Mm -hmm. like i see him coming up through the ranks and, you know, he's always posting different routines that he's doing. Uh, Guy is doing the same thing. Uh, you know, I used to watch you do it. and it's, There's so much effort that goes into making sure that is just as perfect.
0: It's, ten- it's attention to de- detail, just like when you're shooting. I mean, when you're shooting, if you forget some detail and precision shooting, you miss the whole target. And, um, you know, you've got to call the wind. You've got to know your, your load, um, you know, your dope. Um, you've got to have trigger control. I mean, gotta judge the atmospheric conditions, all these things, and the range. And if you make a mistake in any of that, you're not gonna have a good shot. And uh, it's the same thing with the tool. It's different, but the same. It's just uh, taking care of your details and uh, doing your homework. Um, you know, if the bodybuilding competition is 25 hours a day, seven days a week, because of the nutrition requirements. You know, yeah, you're in the gym, you're lifting, uh, you're doing cardio twice a day. Uh, then you got to practice routine because you got to show your physique off to the you try to show your strong points and hide your weak points. Um, you know, when I was competing, I never, I would never admit publicly that I had weak points, but everybody does. No one is perfect. And, um, then, um, you know, to answer your question about how much time I would spend, um, just on posing, if I trained six days a week, then I spent six hours a week just on posing. And, um, that was just part of it because, um, you know, sometimes you get in these competitions and the physiques are equal sometimes at that you know, at that high level. And then they start looking at secondary things. Okay. Who's the most polished? Who, who can present, you know, who moves better, who presents their feet's physique better and, um, things like this. And so you just, um, my, my goal was never lose because somebody outworked me. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I never wanted to lose competition because somebody wanted it more than me. If I lost the competition, it was for some other reason. And, um, because I focused on the things I could control. And I didn't worry about things I couldn't control. I didn't worry about who was in the competition or what they were doing or anything like that because I couldn't control it. I focused on me and I took care of all those variables that I could control. And I made sure I gave at least a hundred percent on every single thing that I could control. And if I did that, more often than not, I came out. Uh, I came out on top.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's the same with you know with the with the precision rifle stuff. It's a it's a growing sport. You know, it's still very much in its infancy, but it's getting there. You know. Um, I don't think it's to the point where guys can, you know, do it full time for a living. So there's more of a balance with your work life and your training life. Right. But you still got to want it. You still got to have that desire. And, you know, a lot of the shit that you already said, like I find myself doing like I wake up thinking about it. And, you know, it might not be physical practice 24 hours a day, but there's other things that are on this side of the sport, like understanding your reticle, you know, thinking about wind, like you're just walking down the street or I go for a run. I start thinking about like, what's the wind doing right now? Well, I see all this vegetation moving. Like, you know, that shit just constantly spins in my mind. And, you know, when I go to a match, I don't show up hoping that I can place in the top 10. Like I'm there to fucking win, you know? And, you know, whether it happens or not depends on, you know, obviously a lot of factors, but the goal is still to win. So, you know, looking through, you know, your list of accomplishments, I mean, you got a shit ton of first place. You went to like Olympia damn near every freaking year. Uh, You know, for uh, what, what is it? First in the Arnold classic, you got second, third Olympias, fourth, fifth. I mean, man, it's just a, it's a stacked resume and, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure a lot of us have all seen that picture where it's like the the tip of the iceberg sticking out of the water, but the largest part of that iceberg is what you can't see, you know, like 100. all that hard grinding, that grit. Right. And, uh, you know, I want to spend more time looking at other areas, other, other sports and how those mindsets or how those preparations can carry over into, Precision rifle as it gets bigger as things become more competitive, you know. Um uh I would say maybe like four years ago. Yeah, I'd say four years ago, like I wasn't in great shape by any means. Like I was just kind of doing my thing. You know, I was probably five. Well, I'm still five four, but my weight was in the 175 range. Uh little tubby you know, not, not running, not stretching, not doing anything. And, you know, my performance was nowhere where it could be. Now, fast forward, you know, the past two years, I've done nothing but train. Now I was training for a specific competition, which was a sniper adventure challenge. There's a lot of hiking, land navigation, a lot of miles covered. Uh, So I didn't want all that extra fucking body weight on me, all that fat. I wanted to trim down. I wanted to be uh, light, limber, fast and uh you know at the same time strong so it took a very unique training program to get there but what i didn't realize is how preparing for that would also you know enhance my performance for all of these other matches that don't require so much physical ability but i think there's a lot of benefit to being flexible you know uh what your sleep looks like the night before the day one and day two, you know, how much sleep you're getting, what your diet looks like. There's a lot involved in diet, man. You know, I'm still learning so much about the different foods that I take in and how they make me feel. Do I feel fast? Do I feel energized? Do I feel sluggish? You know, did I fucking stuff my face? And now, you know, I can't even think about what to do for the next stage because I'm sitting here fat and happy, you know, like all of these things play into it. And, uh, I think there's a lot to be learned from other sports and I think it's super beneficial to to be talking about this with you because I do see carryover. you know, like I, I think shit guys are starting to see it with CrossFit too. Like how many, of-
0: yeah, with CrossFit, especially, I think that's something that carries over um, to all sports. It's um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thought I lost you there. So um, yeah, I think even with CrossFit, you know, the whole weightlifting thing started with bodybuilders and not everybody wants to be a bodybuilder, but you know, the knowledge that the guys had, they spread it to other sports, you know, Um, football, CrossFit, baseball, basketball, all these guys lift weights and it it improves their athletic performance. Um, You know, CrossFit for what you're doing, like a sniper challenge, that kind of thing. um, I think that's, that's something that would definitely benefit you, especially if you're out hiking and navigating this kind of stuff. Well, those guys are in great shape, and if, tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe the guy who started CrossFit was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And so, it's um, a great way to get in shape, especially. It's very functional, you know that with that doing CrossFit style training is something that's going to help your everyday performance, and um, it's a very functional type of fitness. Whereas, you know, bench pressing 500, 600 pounds that that doesn't necessarily help your everyday performance, but um, there's still some benefits to it if it's done correctly. But um, yeah, so lifting weights working out, running, doing this kind of stuff, you just tailor You tailor your workout according to what your goals are and uh, what you're trying to accomplish. And you know, by doing that and combining it with a healthy nutrition program it makes a huge difference in your performance and uh, makes how you feel, not to mention the health benefits. So um, obviously, you're not going to eat the same way I would eat if I was still competing, but just by improving your nutrition a little bit, it improves how you feel. And, of course, the health benefits are severalfold.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, not only does the nutrition side, you know, watching what you eat and and what you eat before, during, after the match, um, you know, especially for some of these multi-day competitions, but a lot of nutrition affects, like, how well your brain processes information, you know, how well your synapses is firing, all of those things. Like, this all comes into play, especially when you're dealing with, you know, specific challenges in these competitions that – demand not only a little bit of a little bit of physical stuff but your mind's got to be working right right making corrections judging the wind you know all of these things so uh yeah man i I definitely feel there's a lot of crossover i mean there's got to be a reason that you see professional athletes like football players you know during the middle of the week these guys are out doing uh you know a ballerina type shit like yep you know like there's a reason so i want to explore it more but uh before i press on talking about your nonprofit, one thing i did notice here is that you man i didn't know you're 45 years old i know, brother getting i'm getting younger by the day man, man. <laughs> there's another unique thing about your birthday you're born february 28th 1975
0: well actually february 26th
1: my birthday
0: yeah, yeah, that's a that's a somebody. I don't know who put that up there, but that's a typo.
1: Fucking typo. I was about to say, dude, I was born February 29th. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Leap year. Leap year. Yeah, I got one of those fucked up birthdays, but you know, we'll pass on that. So, uh, moving on, the nonprofit we've talked about it a little bit, and I want to get you on here to talk about it and who started it and what the benefits are. I know that. One of, the, uh, one of the times that we talked, it, it was, correct me if I got the name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Sons of the Flag.
0: Yes, it's Sons of the Flag. Uh, it was started, and the CEO is a guy, a guy by the name of Ryan Parrott, Ryan Birdman Parrot. He was a uh, Navy SEAL. It's, uh, they're based here in Dallas. And um, it's, um, I started this because um, I have a good friend of mine who was, uh, went overseas. He was in the Army, and uh, he got struck by an IED in the vehicle and he was burned over 80% of his body severely. Wow. And um, I saw, you know, he, he survived and um, there's no such thing as a burn victim they're burn survivors. And um, this guy, he went, you know, it's for those you don't who don't know about, you know, people to get severely burned. It's not one or two procedures to get out of the hospital and you're, you're going about your merry way. It's a, it's a lifetime of recurring surgeries and recurring treatment.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, it's a, it's a horrible injury. And, you know, he was horribly burned. <phone rings> But, um, he, um, he overcame, he persevered and overcame. And, um, I just saw what he went through and the hell he went through. And, you know, there's only a few burn surgeons in the whole country and it's, it's actually appalling how few burn surgeons that we have. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a special specialized, very, uh, high degree of training that they have to go through. And, um, me and my partner, so I don't know where he cuts. Beef jerky. It's a company here. We're based in Southlake, Texas. Well, we partner, talk about that. So, um, my partner Scott James, we got together, and you know, we've been very blessed. Our company's doing very well, and um, we wanted to wanted to give back a little bit. And uh, we've been, I've been very blessed in my whole life. You know, I've been successful in athlete, successful in business, and uh, my partner's been a very successful businessman. And you know, we wanted to give something back. And he said, "What do you think?" And I said, "I want to do a veterans charity." And I said, "I want to help help, uh, help burn." burn survivors. And um, he's a hundred percent on board with it. So we help um, burn survivors, military veterans and first responders. And um, what we do, I, I met met Ryan through my friend who was uh, severely injured. And, you know, my thing was, I wanted a charity where they gave all the money to help people that need help. I didn't want one of these charities where, you know, the CEO is making half a million dollars a year and they give 10, 20% of the money donated to actually help people. And they spend the rest on themselves and all these administrative expenses and BS. So, um, you know, Ryan is, a uh, he's that guy and I met him, we talked and I said, you know what, we'll come out with a special flavor of jerky and we're not just going to give the profits. We're going to give a hundred percent of the proceeds. So if we sell that bag of jerky for six bucks, we're giving six bucks to the charity. And, um, that's what we did. We teamed up with them and it's been very successful. We've, uh, Give them the first check about I don't know five, six weeks after six weeks I think after launching, and then every uh, every quarter now we uh, we send them a check. And um it's been it's been pretty cool, you know, because we get to get to see and meet some of these guys and that we help and um changes their lives. And you know, they they do the basically the bare minimum and they turn them out when they get them out of the hospital, and then these guys need need help and uh need recurring surgeries, and the one thing that this charity does that we're big supporters of is they find Surgeons and they train, they convince them and train them to, to be burn surgeons so more people, you know, can don't have to wait so long to get help and uh, have these uh, these surgeries that are super important, you know, for their quality of life.
1: Wow. So I'm looking at, uh, you know, for everybody out there, if you guys are interested and you want to check out uh, this organization, it's sonsoftheflag.org and just kind of looking at their history and their mission. Uh, I got I see a picture of Ryan Birdman here. I'm gonna have to figure out what that backstory is behind that call sign. It sounds interesting. But uh founded in 2012. And uh yeah, I mean it looks like it, it's not just military, but like you said, firefighters, first responders, and uh yeah. I know you had told me that your guys' company, Wicked Cuts Jerky, was was involved with it. And <laughs> the uh i'm curious what is the flavor is there a specific flavor that is dedicated to this traditional western traditional western okay it com- comes yeah. in a
0: camouflage bag um i wish we if we had had visual i could show you i've got one right here in front of me but uh yeah it's a uh, camouflage it's actually camouflage a pretty cool little camouflage pattern because it's a uh, we use a uh, I guess woodland camo with the we have some the black in the camo is actually cows. So if you look at it real close, there's actually cows on the uh, in the camouflage. So uh, pretty oh, cool, pretty cool little pattern.
1: You had sent out, uh, man. I'm trying to think. I'm so lost in what year, what year it is, and what what years this happened. But you know, I had some um, special forces guys come out to my training facility and and spend a couple weeks there. You had sent out a couple boxes of Wicked Cut's jerky. So I'm handing these out to different guys, and you know, dudes are loving it. And you know, I'm like, hey, toss me one of them. Dude tosses me. I I forget what the exact flavor was, but it was a jalapeno flavor. You recall? Uh volcanic jalapeno. Volcanic jalapeno. All right. So you know, normally I don't consider myself a little bitch when it comes to hot shit, but <laughs> dang, that stuff was it was, yeah, buddy. I mean, it was good. Like you didn't want to stop eating it because it tasted so good. But at the same time, like your mouth is telling you, Why are you doing this to me? You know, like it's kind
0: of like popcorn with jalapenos because you start eating popcorn, you can't just have one or two pieces, right? You're gonna sit there and keep eating handfuls of it. And uh it's the same thing, but it's got the it's hot, so it'll light you up, but almost the more you eat, it kind of keeps the, if you stop eating it, it gets hotter and hotter. So you just keep eating it, and then you run out, and then you you burn for a while. We've got one since, I don't think you've had our latest one. We got one that's um, about 50 times hotter, literally. Oh, it's, uh, Yeah, it's a Carolina Killer. Oh. And uh, it's got Carolina Reaper peppers, scorpion peppers, and ghost peppers in it. And um, it's, uh, you know, the thing about our beef jerky, it's tender. It's not the real super dried out. You know, type of jerky and uh it's got a great flavor but it will light you up i've i've had two we've came out with this uh last year and it shot to number one it's our number one seller i've had two pieces of it the first night that came off off our manufacturing i was there and uh opened it up and they filmed me tearing into it and i had the first two pieces and that's the last two i've had but yeah, God, it it lit me up. I started sweating. I turned red. My <laughs> tongue, my tongue was on fire for thirty minutes. I couldn't. We were supposed to go to dinner. I couldn't even eat my food. Um, but people love it, and uh, I'm just a wuss when it comes to eating stuff that hot. And um, but that's our number one seller, man, and, and we we can barely keep it in stock.
1: Dude, there are some like I'm reading the reviews right now. I'm on your wickedcuts.co website and. I pulled up the what here. Let me, let me get the exact name here. Carolina Killa. Wicked hot. Sounds like some New England shit, right? But <laughs> some of the reviews. It's got great reviews, like 355 star reviews. And dudes are saying best jerky I've ever honestly had in my life. Carolina jerky is right at my alley, super hot. Another guy's like spicy and delicious. Another guy's like, I eat the whole bag in one sitting. Like these are some badass dudes to eat that shit in one sitting.
0: Yeah, bro. I'm I'm the freaking owner. I can't eat the whole bag in one sitting. So <laughs>
1: uh this one dude said he was scared at first. I mean some of these reviews are awesome, man. But uh so yeah, check out the uh, wickedcuts.co jerky. Like I said, they got the um that that certain jerky where if you purchase all the proceeds go directly to the nonprofit Sons of the Flag, and you know you guys can and help out with uh, veteran organization that's out there trying to do good things for, you know, guys that not only served in the military, but service first responders and, you know, they're burn victims. And, uh, you know, I've got a few friends that were burn victims. And it's like you said, man, like, you know, I'll talk to some of the homies. I've been out since 2013, and my last deployment was 2011. And, you know, I've had numerous deployments before then. And, uh, you know, I've still talked to some guys today that are like, yeah, I just had, you know, one of my, my my 15th surgery i'm like jesus dude we've been out for how long and you're getting surgeries it's like uh, never ending you
0: know no it's it's a it's an ongoing process they'll probably have to do the rest of their life yeah. and um it's um i had no idea until like i said i had one of my friends go through and i've witnessed what he's had to go through and um i just want to do something to help out and um uh, you know i think uh those guys yourself included you know freedom isn't free and um People give a, the reason we have the opportunities and the freedoms we have, and our families sleep safely at night, is because a whole lot of men fought and bled and died for those freedoms, and um, it comes at a very high price. So you know, sometimes um, the people that save you need help too. Uh, you yeah. know, oh yeah. So, um, so uh, that's just I want to do something to give back, and um, you know, help some help some guys that have uh, given more than I can ever imagine. You know, in defense of all of us, so that's just uh, the least I could do.
1: Well, it's it's an awesome organization, man, and you know there. I wish there was more out there, more more people out there uh, like yourself that were, uh, you know, willing to put down as much as you have. For people out there that are wanting to, you know, donate in any way, I mean, you could go on to the Sons of the Flag dot uh, org. They got a donation page, but there's other things that you could do to donate as well. You know, like hospital parking fees, um, meals while traveling, rental cars. These are all like add-on things that you can help some veteran pay for an expense, or you know, a firefighter or wh- whatever the cost is. And uh, you know, ultimately, you know, and uh you know, Branch, you can tell me I'm wrong and and I don't know the fuck I'm talking about, but you know, a lot of these organizations, they'll go to, you know, um, either events or shit like that to try and raise money and they can always use any kind of volunteer help or, you know, just spreading the word like throwing something up on your social media. If you check out this organization and you like it, then, you know, any little bit helps, right. It doesn't always have to be a monetary assistance, you know, many, many ways.
0: Absolutely. You know, and I, I think especially right now, I think, uh, any support you can give is huge, you know, especially with the political climate going on right now. Um, you know, on a personal note, I can't stand watching people kneel for the flag that, um, that really pisses me off. You know, it's like, I understand, okay, they're fighting for social justice, but I think there's other ways they could make their, make their protests without, uh, dishonoring the men and women who have, uh, fought, bled and died to keep that flag flying. So, um, you know, anything you can do to you know, help first responders and veterans and, um, show your gratitude and, you know, to get the, the ones that need help, anything you do to help them, I think it'd be greatly appreciated. And, um, uh, cause it's all, um, uh, we all bleed red and we all call this place home.
1: Absolutely. And you can also find sons of the flag on Instagram. It is <coughs> sons of the flag with no spaces, no underscores, just straight up sons of the flag. So check them out, go give them a follow and, uh, you know, try and help, uh, any way it can. So the, uh, The, I don't know if it'll be the last thing. I might come up with some weird shit while we're talking, but you've been doing some shit down in Dallas, man. You know, you, I don't, man, you have to tell me like, did you really retire or do you still get that itch? Like Mike Tyson is about to fight in November, you know, with, with uh, Roy Jones Jr. So, you know, I don't know. You're going to get that itch and try to come back one day.
0: Uh, it's a wrap it's a done deal. I competed as a professional for fifteen years. I was uh one of the top two three guys in the world for ten of those years so um I had a good run. I did everything I won every competition in the world and uh, I have no regrets and uh it uh it's one of those things if I tried to come back it would um you know it's like when Michael Jordan made his comeback you know from in basketball, yeah he, he lost a step, and it just wasn't the same the same Eric Jordan that we all were used to seeing. And, um, comebacks never usually go well, especially in, in my sport. So, uh, I still train I love to train, you know, um, you know, working out and training is why I was a bodybuilder. So, um, you know, some people, some people train because they were bodybuilders. I was a bodybuilder because I love to train. I love to work out. And, um, that being said, my training's evolved. You know, I do a, I run now, uh, I run two and a half miles every morning. And, um, you know, I still work out. Just I don't go uh not the same crazy uh bodybuilding routine I used to follow, but uh still stay in shape and stay fit and um just enjoy life, you know.
1: Well, I saw I saw some recent pictures, man. You're gonna you better watch out, you're gonna get down to my weight. I don't
0: know. I don't know. What would you say you weighed right now? Like one fifty something? <laughs> yeah, I'm about one fifty two of lean, mean fighting machine. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was competing i was two sixty, two seventy, oh, and uh you know, i would step on stage around mid low 240s okay. so now i'm 228 230 somewhere in there so um i will say this losing that, that weight even though most of it was muscle weight um i can definitely sleep better i even sleep better i don't snore as much and um, i'm a, i can definitely run man if i would try to run two and a half miles when i was 270 probably been a bad deal but uh um now I started I started running and getting in better shape because I love to hunt and um and I really my favorite thing in this world to do is go elk hunting and um, so uh, that's generally uh, anybody who hunts elk and has to hike through the mountains and then then you, know, you actually look fortunate enough to get one and you got to pack him out on your back man you better be in shape or you ain't gonna make it so um, after a, a few beat downs of that I was like you know what it's time to get in shape and uh, so uh, that's that was kind of my motivation behind uh, you know getting in shape to where I'm now.
1: Oh yeah, Uh, I think a a mountain, a mountain climb or a mountain hike is a pretty easy way to break your shit off. Like, doesn't matter who you are, you find the right mountain. Any mountain can break you off. So, uh, I still still get broke off, and uh, you know. But like you said, constantly training, trying to push myself, um, you know, finding different goals to strive for and things like that. But what I did want to talk about is since your retirement. You've I, I've seen more from you in terms of uh, working with Butch and, you know, I've seen a lot of pistol and carving type stuff going on. And, you know, I'm not completely up to speed on, on you know, what your guys uh, like mission or intent is. But I know that it, it looks like a lot of it has to do with helping new shooters, you know, feel comfortable, help people yes. how to defend themselves. Also working with the church. Um, tell me a little bit about oh, what you and Butch got going on down there, man, in, in that whole organization. I know there's an actual training, um, you know, company or, or something behind what you guys are doing.
0: So I've got a farm just east of Dallas and, um, we, uh, <clears throat> I started talking to my buddy Butch, who's a, a police officer and, uh, in the Dallas area, a SWAT team, member of the SWAT team and his police force. And, um, I started talking to him and, um, you know, we started going back and forth and I said, you know, why don't we, uh, why don't we build a range at my farm? And, uh, we open up a, um, uh, I'll partner with you on it and open, open up a, uh, teach people how, you know, self-defense we cheat. So what we do there is we teach church security teams and actually it's pretty sad when you think about it, that we actually have to have church security teams in the day and time, you know, of all places, you know, um, but that's a necessary reality these days. So we teach our uh, church security teams. Um, and then he, uh, they teach uh license to carry classes here for the state of Texas and then we also teach, uh, they teach urban, uh, you know, self-defense classes. We have a vehicle course. We have a shoot house, a tactical range. And um, there, so we take uh, everybody from the beginner shooter who's never shot before to advanced shooters. Uh, I know Butch teaches a carving class, which is uh, probably the most advanced class. And, it, you know, includes some physical. You know, you get your, get your heart rate up, you know, 160, 170 beats a minute. And then uh, you have to go shoot, run the course, and teach his tactics, you know, cover and concealment. Uh, you know, room clearing, you know, somebody breaks your, takes your door in the middle of the night and you got to clear your house, it teaches uh, teaches people how to do that in the most effective way. Um, I was the church security team to, to teach guys how to how to work in a team and provide security for the congregation and for the church, and then, of course, you know, the LTC class where I believe everybody sh- should have a should have a license to carry, especially, I think, women in this day and time. Women are the number one victim to violent crime, and so we really encourage women to come out, take the class, and get their license, and... Get additional training to uh, be prepared, and um, I'm a big believer. If you're going to carry a care weapon, you should seek out additional training so, so you can use your use it properly and be prepared to defend yourself. So, 100%. you
1: know, yeah. you know there's so, a, there's a lot of different style of training classes out there. Like you just mentioned, a, a whole you know book of different courses available that you guys are providing, and all of them are good, right? You have Different areas where all of this stuff will fall in, whether it's, you know, uh, defense from a vehicle or, you know, defending your home, defending your family, like all of these things have a place. Right. But ultimately, all of that training is still doing one thing for you. Every single every single one of them is doing one thing for you, which is you're becoming more proficient and more comfortable with that weapon system to use it in many situations, right? Even if it's a situation you haven't been in your experience of being able to manipulate and operate and know your weapon inside and out is going to pay huge dividends. If you ever have to use it in any kind of situation.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you, you you're way more, uh, have experienced and accomplished than I am with that. But hundred percent, I mean, you know, I, I grew up shooting boat guns and, um, you know, I kind of got into the long range hunting and all that. And, um, you Know, just loved it because it was something practical because I could use for hunting and, uh, and you know, made me made me a better shot. And, um, you know, I always had a handgun, but I remember when I got a never really used it, you know, it's just something I always had for defense. But, uh, and of course, in AR, I had AR 15, but you know, never really used it in a tactical sense. And so, when I started seeking out some additional training, and really, I was uncomfortable with it, you know, you go from a, a bolt gun to uh, that type of carbine, it's a big change, and um, you know once I got more confident with it and able to use it, it definitely improves your uh, proficiency and, you know, in a high stress situation, you know, if you don't know, if you're not confident in your platform that you're using, it's going to be a problem. And, um, so for me, it was something that definitely improved, uh, improved my confidence just by seeking out additional training and being trained by qualified people that knew what they were doing, such as yourself.
1: 100%, man. I agree.
0: I will say that I'm going to throw this in there too. Um, I'll tell you, I've had a lot of I've gone a lot of different classes across the country and a lot of instructors, and um, not just saying this because I'm um, I'm on the, uh, on your podcast here, but um, you're the best instructor that I've ever ever worked with. Um, I remember my wife, me and my wife took one of your courses up in Montana, and uh, you know she never shot past. I think she shot a mule deer one time at 300 yards, and that's the furthest she'd ever even attempted to shoot. And um, I think by the end of the first day, she was shooting still at 800 yards. So. Um, with an with a I think it's an AR six five Creedmoor, and um, just you you explain it and you can articulate in such a way it was so easy for people to understand. You know, somebody like my wife who'd never shot long distance in her life, and by the day she's
1: killing it. And um,
0: it's just um, it's good it's good a shooter as you are. I think you're even a better instructor.
1: So. Oh well, thanks, man. I'm, good thing we don't have the video on. I'm blushing right now. <laughs> Uh, I do remember uh, when you and Trish came up and we had that class in Montana, and she was killing it, man. And she was just a sponge. She was soaking it all up and she was, you know, understanding everything that was being laid down. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, just, just, sure. I also remember that she was, you know, anybody out there, if you haven't researched Branch Warren or his wife, uh, Trish also uh, I don't know if she's currently competing, but she is a professional bodybuilder as well. She wasn't a bodybuilder. She was a fitness competitor.
0: So, uh, <laughs> yeah. True. I don't, I don't get it. It's the wrong, we thinking about women's bodybuilders, like totally the wrong image. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, so she was a, yeah, she was a fitness competitor and, um, she was, you know, top three in the world there for a time. And, um, she, uh, she loves to shoot, loves to hunt. So, um, uh, it's been a, been a blessing having somebody uh, like that. We could have some of this, share some of the same experiences, you
1: know? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I was saying is um, she was fresh off. I, I don't know how fresh, but I remember she was just finishing up a fitness competition or something like that. Yep. And finally allowed to eat carbs.
0: Oh yeah. She was happy as to be.
1: She was so happy. So happy. So I think that made for a better experience too, man. But no, it was a great time. You guys did well. She was killing it. I do remember that. So um, before we cut out of here, if there's one thing I can do to put you on the spot, right? And if you don't have anything, I get it. But for all the listeners out there that are, in competitive shooting, in law enforcement, in a military setting, um, whatever reason that you listen to this podcast, right? One lesson you've learned over your bodybuilding career in terms of competing and discipline, preparation. What would be you? What would be that top priority? That top lesson that you could share with everybody that would translate? Do you have anything that's like, Yep,
0: this, this is it. Um, I'll say be consistent. You know, be, if, be, consistent. be consistent and that's be consistent with your training. Uh you know, for I tell, you know, bodybuilders that I get that question all the time from these young guys and girls and you know, these young athletes and I say they what's your advice and I say be consistent. You know, I say be consistent with your training, be consistent with your nutrition. And that applies to you know bodybuilders and athletes, but you know, if you're a precision rifle shooter, if you're law enforcement, be consistent with your training. Um <laughs> don't don't skip it and every time you train you know if you're in law enforcement or something like that your life depends on it seriously and um you would know i mean these guys will know better than i do but i just know being around some of these guys and many i have so many friends that are military and law enforcement and you know train is just your life depends on it because it does and be consistent with it you know uh the guys i know that are the best shots and the best uh they can handle themselves the best they seek out additional training you know they don't just do what's required to them at work they uh they seek out additional training. You know, they um all my guys that uh were instruct out at my place, they all do jujitsu, um you know, boxing and they shoot all the time. And um they train all the time, and they're very good at what they do because they take it they take it seriously and they're consistent and they do it every single week multiple times. And um it doesn't matter if you're trying to be a, a football player, baseball player a shooter, whatever it is, you've got to be consistent, and uh, that's how you get better, and if you're consistent, you put in your reps time
1: and time and time again, over the years, you're going to get better and better at it. Dude, that's, I'm just sitting over here grinning because as I'm asking you this question, I'm thinking that there's going to be this, you know, like, Dalai Lama crazy answer, and then you just lay down, with this be consistent and i'm like holy shit such a simple answer but it, you know it's so fucking true and it's it's the base of everything that you want to build up from you know i um, mean
0: even with the shooting i mean i love to shoot i love to shoot long range uh, i'm by no means at your level but when i'm shooting consistently my accuracy gets way better i get better with the wind i get better with, with my you know i should call it my shots and Accuracy, everything improves. If I lay off it, like I have here this year, and I've been doing more of the tactical style shooting. Um, I lay down the other day, and I tried to shoot a thousand yards, and my my had gone down because I wasn't consistent with it. And um, you know, if you're going to try to be
1: good at anything, you got to be consistent. Oh yeah, and you know, there's a yeah. I don't know if it's an old saying. I'm sure it's been around for forever, right? But uh, you know, we used to talk about that you will not rise to the occasion, but you'll fall back to your your level of training, right? Uh, yep. But th- there's also something to be said for surrounding people, surrounding yourself with people who are better or who will push you. And I know that you train a shit ton. I think even to this day, you still train with uh, Johnny Jackson, right? I do. He's still competing. And that's something that, you
0: know, the most successful man I've ever known in my life, this guy by the name of Ray Stern. He lives here in Dallas. And, uh, he, uh, he is a young man. He, he called me up one day and, uh, which I, I knew him. I met him several times. And I remember he called me and I was a young man in my early twenties. And, uh, he, uh, he's one of those guys when he called me up, and said, Hey, I want to take you to lunch. I'm driving through, driving through your area. And I uh, actually had a lot of stuff to do. And I was like, yes, sir. And I canceled everything to meet this guy. It'd be like, you know, you know, I don't know who, like Jeff Bezos or something calling you and say, Hey, I'm gonna take you to lunch and, uh, you're gonna cancel what you're doing to go. right, and um. You know, he's a was a super successful man, and um, I had a great deal of respect for him. And we sat there for about two hours at lunch, and um, he knew more about me than I ever dreamed of. And uh, um, to this day, I don't know what made him call me up and take me to lunch, but um he did. And um one of the things he told me, he said, son, if you want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people, and don't be afraid. You've got to make yourself uncomfortable. He goes, you surround yourself with successful people. And he said, "Surround yourself with people that are better than you at what you're trying to do. And he goes, you'll learn from them and you'll get better because you'll rise. And he goes, you surround yourself with people that aren't successful. And the same thing is, it's the same way it's contagious. You become unsuccessful. And he said, uh, he goes, you're, you're some of the people you're around right now are not uh, successful individuals. And he goes, you need to get them out of your life and uh, make some changes. Now that's much easier said than done, but, um, He told me a lot of other things too, but that was one of the things he told me. And I took it to heart. And um, I I aggressively went out and did what he told me. And that's a hard thing to do. You know, you you got people in your life that are not good people, not successful individuals, not going anywhere in life. And so to get them out of your life and, you know, change who you hang out with, that's a hard thing to do. But I did it because I respected this man so much. And I knew he was, you know, telling me straight. And um, within a year, my entire life had turned around. And um, every which way, financially professionally, professionally, um, my career, everything turned around. And um, from that day on, I've been very blessed. I've just done nothing but go up and climb up the ladder. And um, so it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you want to be successful, be around successful people, whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's business or athletics or shooting, whatever, because uh, success breeds be success.
1: Is this the same Ray Stern with the nickname of Thunder? Yeah, it is. Oh, man. So – uh, you know, I did not know this story before just now when you know you told everybody else, but uh, you know, for everybody listening, you know, go check out Ray Thunder Stern. Um, very interesting history. Uh, like Branch is saying, you know, not only was he uh, a bodybuilder, he was a professional wrestler, entrepreneur. I mean, there's some really cool stuff in here about just his life and things that he accomplished during uh during that time frame and uh you know he he let's see he lived to be 74 years old and
0: he yeah he uh he owned to uh, open up a uh, Bally's um uh, president's health clubs and um had several hundred locations across the country and then from there he went on to uh he is a real estate magnet here in Texas and um on several uh, several towers downtown and um other, you know, apartment buildings, condos, just all kinds of real estate. He was hugely successful with and he actually owned a, uh, a private airline. You know, I don't know how many, how many private jets they had, but, a uh, pretty good size, little, little operation he had there among other things he did. So, um, uh, he did a lot of things and he was always, he never got his roots though. He always, uh, he was like one of the original bodybuilders and wrestlers back in the, I don't know, fifties maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, he, uh, that, you know, obviously he, he always worked out, but he got away from all that and got into Business, but um, he never uh, came from, you know, he always told me, he goes, everything I learned all that made me successful in business, I learned from, you know, working out and bodybuilding and wrestling. He goes, the dedication, the hard work, the discipline, you know, the consistency, all these things. He goes, I, I learned there. He goes, I, I put in other areas of my life and I was successful in these other areas. So,
1: yeah, I mean, dude, it's the, I mean, yeah, this guy's background is just, it's very interesting. I'm going to have to buy. He, he's got an autobiography out called Power and Thunder that was uh, published in 1994. But yeah, all the things you said. He, he owned an airline out of Texas. He was a real estate and rental properties guy. Uh, he started a a, a nursery, uh, the first co-ed gym in San Francisco. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on. And these are the kind of people that that you want to pick their brain. You want to be around them because being in their presence elevates you right not just your your you know your physical being if you're in the gym like you know when i worked out with you a couple times i'm just like holy fuck right but the mindset right the the mindset is contagious the the desire of wanting to do better to be better is a contagious thing but you got to have the right people around you you got to go to the right training events you know you got to be with people who want the same thing as you and if you don't right if you just keep surrounding yourself with people who have lower goals or you know I'm just going to do this because it's fun like that's going to be your mental attitude you know like it's, it's like fun. you know if we
0: you know when you, you go shoot or something if I was to go shoot with you even at my best you know I'll give you an example I have a friend Chase Stroud he's uh I don't know if you know you I don't know if you know Chase or not he's a shooter. Yeah,
1: I know Chase. Good guy. And, uh,
0: so um uh, you know that's kind of the guy who uh really kind of got me into uh shooting way back when and um uh, he uh I was practicing a lot and back when I was really shooting a lot of distance I thought I thought okay I'm getting pretty good you know and uh he came out and uh, we went to go shoot together and I realized real quick I'm like yeah I'm not as good as I thought I was and um because it's a whole nother level but you know by shooting with him it just elevated my game and um it's no different you know I think I think to get better you can't be afraid to get your butt kicked you know to put it bluntly um you know, no matter what it is, if uh, you want to get better, don't be afraid to step up with somebody who is better at a higher level. And if they kick your butt and you keep coming back, eventually you're going to get better. It's just being consistent, you know. Um, when I was a kid, I trained with Ronnie Coleman. And um, for one of my, my – of several of my first contests when I was a kid, well, Ronnie Coleman, for those of you who don't know, was eight-time Mr. Olympia. He beat Arnold Schwarzenegger's record and became the greatest bodybuilder of all time. No one before or since has been better. Now, I'm a kid trainer with this guy. And I'm getting killed, like I'm throwing up, you know, um, but I wouldn't quit. And as I got older, I asked him one time, I said, man, why would you let me train with you? He goes, because you worked hard. He goes, we all knew if uh, you kept coming back, you'd get bigger and stronger and you'd be able to keep up. And you did. And um, and I was like, wow. And uh, it's, sometimes it's not a matter of how much you're doing. It's about it matters how you do it. If you're giving 100%, then you keep giving 100%, you keep coming back and being consistent, you're right to the top.
1: And, Yeah. I mean, I think no matter what, what you're in, what you're doing, like we're always, you should always be learning, right? You should always be a student of whatever game that you're in and, you know, finding those people that have become successful, you start to see what they see, you know, what, whether it's, it's uh, on the fire line, you're with Chase Stroud and, you know, he makes a wind call, and you're looking at it like, why the fuck did he make this wind call? So now you're trying to understand, like, what is he seeing? Like, I want to see what he sees, you know. Yes. Or, you know, you do a posing routine with Johnny Jackson, or you know, anybody, uh, um, you know, Ronnie Coleman, and you're like, hey, how the fuck did he just do that? Like, I want to know how he did that. Like, you're always surrounding yourself with somebody that's better or talented so that you can continuously build on your game. Right. So well, I'm totally with you, man. Uh, awesome. Well, Hey buddy, I really appreciate you coming onto the show. I'm glad that we could get this hammered out. I mean, you're a busy, busy guy. You got a lot of irons in the fire. You got your family down there in Texas. So I want you to tell uh, tell Trish that I said, hello. I, will. And, uh, I hope, you know, I don't know if I'll see you guys in Montana this year, man, you know, I'm scared of the snow.
0: Well, I think we're going up there around Halloween weekend. So uh, hopefully uh, we got to get together sometime soon.
1: Definitely, man. I'll, I'll try to work that out, whether it's up in Montana or down in Texas. But I look forward to seeing you guys. And if there's anything else I can do for uh, for you guys or, or to help out the Sons of the Flag organization, I'm happy to. So.
0: Well, Tyler, I appreciate you. And I really appreciate you for having me on so I can talk about uh, Sons of the Flag and our charity. And uh, that's a cause that's near and dear to my heart. So uh, thank you very much for supporting us and uh, helping us get the word out.
1: Absolutely, man. But hey, man, it was good talking. I appreciate it. To everybody out there listening, thank you guys for being loyal listeners, for always giving us feedback, you know, the amount of support that you guys give me. You come up to me at matches, tell me how much you enjoy it. Really, it's humbling, and we'll just keep trying to push out good content. Keep trying to mix it up. Keep trying to bring you information that's, you know, outside of the norm things that make you think different like having branch and other champions out there to come and change our mindset so until next time appreciate it catch you guys at the range